suspended Ja Morant leave your guns at home please please <laughs> welcome to movie humpers I'm Angela I'm Bob Sham and the sounds you if you hear the sound of like legs calves getting licked all over or some, heavy breathing it's my bitch down on the floor or... <laughs> <laughs> my dog yeah this is my dog sometimes they snore uh, did you know that movies are gay? I know that movies are totally gay. Yeah, they're pretty. We've been, and we, I'm happy about it. We have been watching some gay uh, shit this month. I love it. Some of it's sad. We're going to get into some sad stuff later this week. There is some sad stuff. But this movie is directed by a fellow by the name of James Whale. Who is a gay man. Openly gay in his time. Love that. He didn't go. You know, it was funny because a lot of people knew he was gay. That worked in the movies in the orbit, but they forcibly don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, reporters and shit knew, and he wasn't like getting in front of microphones and town halls declaring his sexuality. But he didn't hide it at all. So the idea that like they could have wrote articles being like, "This is a gay man," but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they wanted to hide it. Because they were like, hmm. was it because they just didn't want to talk about? talk about I it excuse me didn't i think you just didn't talk about it unless you wanted to scandalize someone and i mean he was good he had like a lover that he would hang around with openly i love that and you t- don't don't even tell me that the guy who played Maybe he was just a nice guy and people were like why are we gonna do this ernest thesiger in this movie who played dr pretorius oh dr pretorius is so gay the that, character at least that is, guy not was the man that guy was james well's mentor in the british theater he brought mm-hmm. him in he uh, james well did not want to make this sequel he made frankenstein, frankenstein. we all know boris karloff a Boris Karloff performance, really well done. Makeup looking really good. We know the story. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, at least I'm very familiar with the Frankenstein mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And while their performances and the and everything in the first one are good, I would say that compared to this movie, mm-hmm. the sequel, Bride of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. that we're going to discuss today, directed by James Well, starring Boris Karloff, Elsa Lanchester, Valerie Hobson, mm-hmm. uh, Ernest Thesiger, mm-hmm. Colin Clive, who played they don't I, why do, I don't know why they don't call him Victor, but he's Henry in the movies, yeah. in the James Well movies. I don't know why. I don't know either. Is it because it's too German? Is he Victor? When literally he everything else is German as shit. In the book? Yeah. I don't know then. Yeah. Don't you remember the Kenneth Branagh movie, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? No, we talked about this. I never saw it. (laughs) Yeah, but one of the things is, too, that that first movie was a lower budget. It was one of his first films. And also... Amongst, like, the first five or six. Bride of Frankenstein, he did not want to do a sequel. They wanted to do, like, Frankenstein 2, basically. And he said no to it. And then this idea finally came up, but then it sort of turned into like a passion project for him because he actually gave input 
on the script for this because this wasn't a story that existed. It was made up for this movie. We had very specific demands to -hmm. make the movie. And when most of them were met within the bounds of a a very heavily coded Hollywood, I think it became something that was interesting for him. Well, and everything he wanted to do, he'd be like, so, so... Mary Shelley is a character at the beginning of this movie. And then the actress who plays Mary Shelley also plays the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. And Elsa apparently, yeah. And apparently he said that he wanted that to happen and he was getting pushback. And he basically said, if you don't let me do it, I quit. Yeah. And he did that multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Like he was like, if you don't let me do this, I quit. Let me bring let me in this, my, I quit. let me bring in my mentor. Or I quit. Or I, quit. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Just like fucking swing that, swing it around, man. So, I mean, you got the clout, use it. So, comparing Bride of Frankenstein to the its original, it's definitely a lot more. Bride of Frankenstein is a lot more off the rails in terms of story. Yeah. Because in the book, Frankenstein is like, make me a woman. Mm. And Victor Frankenstein in the movies, Henry, uh, at the last minute, sabotages the whole prod project. And in the book, Frankenstein actually strangles Elizabeth to death. Mm hmm. But in Bride of Frankenstein, it's not like that at all. No. It's like James Whale is just going in a... And the writer, um, William Hurlbut. 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 They went in a different direction. But I think the thing about it is that... Not to say that I think the first Frankenstein is bad. I don't. Mm. But Bride of Frankenstein... But the first Frankenstein is actually kind of boring compared to Bride of Frankenstein. And Bride of Frankenstein, you can tell the budget's bigger... The set design is more on point. I think the Boris Karloff performance was probably a lot more scarier in, in the, the first, first one. one. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Because the monster speaks in Bride The of monster speaks. Henry Frankenstein is nursed back to health. He's yes. engaged to Elizabeth Valerie Hobson and his uh, professor, his old mm-hmm. professor. That's Septimus Pretorius. Yes. And allegedly... This is James Wells' mentor in, like, British theater. They had someone else who was going to play the role, and then it didn't work out, and he's like, I'm bringing this man in. And allegedly, James Well asked him to play his character as gay as possible. My experiments did not turn out quite like yours, Henry. But science, like love, has her little surprises. You know, the the book of Frankenstein, the, the character of Dr. Frankenstein is kind of annoying. Mm. Oh, he's kind of like this, like a scientist that, like he he he's doing something because it's like bold, it's new, it, it, he's on the cusp of something. He can make something he out of life. But then when it all goes south, he's like, "Whoa, fuck! Why? I didn't even foretell that this would be a monster that would kill people." And you kind of get that from scientists now, where like I think it was like that guy would have been in the the microphone. Was like, if only, this is like, I don't know, I'm very much paraphrasing this, was apparently like regretful because Hitler would later come along and talk into a microphone. Mm. But so like when you invented a microphone, you never foretold that bad people would use it. Well, that's like the atom bomb. They were like, we're going to create a society that's like a utopia because all war, all, all war will be over. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people did not think that at the time. I know, but there were certain people who, like, that's why they wanted to be involved, at least at the very beginning, because they thought, oh, if we have this, we can say, hey, we can blow up the whole world if y'all don't get along. Yeah. And everyone will get along. I guess that is a thing that, like, a lot of 
people who are just driven for technology and scientific discovery do, the ethics are overlooked Mm -hmm. when in pursuit of things. Mm -hmm. And so I guess it kind of makes sense that Henry Frankenstein would be like that. But he's also annoying, especially in the book. I'm going to kill this monster. I can't believe I did this. I'm going to pay for what I've done. But Dr. Septimus, he doesn't have those hangups. He's just straight up like, we can do whatever we want. Look at our, look at these jars of miniature people that I cultivated. That was the craziest thing. He basically was like, I've been doing my own experiments. Come, let me show you, and then we'll work together. And he pulls out these jars of little people, and he has a queen and a really a, horny king. Yeah. And, like, a priest who's like, like a, a bishop drunk. or something. He's like a, yeah. a, a, a Grinch, yeah, and then a ballerina who a mer- only danced to one song. And it gets so monotonous. And a mermaid. And a mermaid. And he's and like, he said he put some seaweed in there. And he said the only thing I couldn't really. Also, he made them little clothes and little uh, set, Very set pieces in the jar. Clothes. Yeah. And this was apparently also a James Whale thing where he was like, "I will leave if you don't let me make little people." Septimus is like the only thing I can't match is size. So that's where Victor comes in. He grew them from cultures. Because, like he actually created so, these people. So the product is going to be like uh, taking fresh dead tissue and then like culturally growing organs and shit. I wish so much that we had seen an image of him with like a baby the size of a June bug. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what did he have? Did it, like, yeah, did it go like, through crawling? that? Did he did it, teach them all to walk when they're like an inch tall? Did the king go through puberty, like little puberty? Right, or did he just like grow them into what they are? I want more story of this. But he, it was also like this was all I could do. I couldn't do it to a size. I couldn't do it full size. But it actually seems way more impressive to make tiny humans. But then, so what they what they decide to do is Pretorius is going to grow the organs. So he's going to grow a brain, and he's going to grow a heart. And Victor and I does guess the everything else, but those are the only two pieces stuff. they yeah, mentioned. Yeah. You don't need anything but a brain and a heart to live. They're combining their skills. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and Victor's Henry is going to build the. It's so weird. It we is. Call him Henry. Yeah, it is. It's a weird name for a mad scientist. But Septimus is like, I don't give a fuck if yeah. like I make something that destroys things yeah he's like i don't care if it's an abomination let's do it he toasts to a new world of gods and monsters and he doesn't care which one of those he is you know and which is kind of why septimus you know this movie is infamous for its iconic imagery but we often overlook the little themes when we when you go back and watch the movie it's more than just the image of the bride screaming or something it's like what the bride does and the characters and when the ca- on a casual level when this movie is brought up i feel like dr septimus is just so delightfully evil but people don't talk about him much I when you know about when you watch the movie huge. yeah he's, he's all huge. about it and he's so unfazed by all the dark shit at some point frankenstein crashes oh. into a tomb and he happens to be there with his version of Igor, who's played by the same guy, but he's different. And he sees Frankenstein in there, and he's not phased at all. He's just like, hello, well, he's, have some wine. He's sitting with the bones 
that he's going to make into the woman. And yeah. he's lit candles. He's drinking wine. He's having a party. He's brunching. On his own. He's brunching in the night with mimosas. And yeah, like Frankenstein walks up. And here's what I think is interesting: is he, I love that he almost played it as though he'd maybe already spotted him. Because Frankenstein was in there the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he'd been, he's watched the whole thing. Because basically, yeah, the, the guy who played Igor is someone different in this. Yeah. But James Whale just loved him as an actor. Right. And so brought him back and made him look different. But he also is kind of like the goon. Like, watched them break into the body and all of it. And then, yeah, it's almost as though Pretorius Septimus already knew he was there and was just kind of waiting. Because mm-hmm. he just turns and he's like, well, there you are. Yeah. And then this is what I love so much. In that moment when they're talking, you know, he's like, are you going to make a woman? And he's like, yeah. And he and Pretorius asked him, what was it like to be dead or something like that? I can't remember how it came up, but it was, do you understand who Frank, who Henry Frankenstein is and what you are? Yeah. And he was like, yes, he made me alive from dead. I was happy when dead. This comes back around at the end. But there is this whole idea, like you're talking about these like other themes that don't get talked about. Frankenstein within himself knew that he shouldn't be alive. Yeah. He was like, I am not happy. I was okay. And everyone's freaking out at him. And sometimes he's like. And he's scared. He's like dude from Of Mice and Men where like he freaks out and will hurt things. Absolutely. But he doesn't want to hurt things. Well, isn't that what happened to the little girl? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if he like, it was an accident or something. I think it was an accident. But like. Well, if he, I remember he kills her parents at the begin at the beginning of the well, they're going to make sure he's burned up and like he straight up drags him into the pit where the whole thing collapsed like, and and they both drowned yeah just like their daughter drowned so he killed that whole fucking family Insane. he is he is a serial killer kinda yeah um, it, he's not like a sociopath mm. it's like if a if a baby was suddenly like seven foot tall and really strong totally that's Frankenstein so. So the reason, so I love too that he can speak when he gets back to Pretorius, kind of. But because then later, of the blind man. I know, and I want to talk about that. But later, Pretorius like takes he takes credit for it in front of Doctor Frankenstein. He basically is like, "Yes, there have been improvements since he came to me, or whatever." Yeah. Like he totally takes. But so, so yeah, when Frankenstein is running before he ends up in that crypt where he meets Pretorius, and then the rest of the movie, he's in the woods. And he does, you know, happen upon a couple people. He happens upon some gypsies at one point and scares them. He happens upon a woman who he tries to, like, be nice to, but he can't speak. Well, he tries to save her from the water. He thinks oh, yeah. She falls in and he pulls her and she freaks out. And she freaks out. And he starts getting chased by hunters to this blind man's house. Yeah, so he ends up in this blind man's house. He's attracted to the blind man because the blind man is playing the violin. And he ends up coming in. And I, this is what it was so crazy because... In my memory from watching other Frankenstein movies and things, I thought the blind man was part of the original story. And I know without going back, I can't remember, but but I think I thought it was interesting that maybe they took him out of the book and put him in this one. Yeah, yeah. But that's always been such a big part of it to me because that's really that's the beginning of the humanization of Frankenstein mm. is him actually making friends with this man. You know, there's a lot of um, kind of there are like gay undertones in this with like Pretorius and, um, and Frankenstein working together. Yeah, and yet in Pretorius and Frankenstein of God. to make a to make a child to make a two men to make human, a yeah. human. Yeah, there's there's all those kind of things 
and just the fact that Pretorius is like the gayest character he is, and I love it. ever. And he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he is very flamboyant. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So when Frankenstein is there with the blind man, uh, the blind man teaches him a lot of things. He, but when they're basically first teaches him out, to talk, he's the one that teaches him to talk. He does. But when he's first figuring out that he's trying to say to Frankenstein, like, I can't see you. I'm blind. Um, and he's asking him questions and Frankenstein is, you know, like murmuring cause he can't speak. And he, at one point says, Oh, I, I can't see. And you can't speak. He was like, are you maybe also afflicted like me? Maybe we can be friends. And we were talking, you know, I feel like there is a little bit of that sort of at the time. It's like parallel to like a gay culture at the time where it's like, you can't really just come out and say, do you like boys? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you almost have to like hang around someone and like very tenderly and carefully at some point be like, are you like me? Are you like me? And so there was that moment where he's like, you're like me. Yeah. And so we can be together yeah. and we can be happy. And I've been so alone and you've now been sent to me. Now there's also a lot of like very um, stark, like Jesus on the cross, religious under like like sure, imagery sure, in this yeah. because even at that point like the blind man is praying and thanking god for like bringing him this friend the lighting in this movie is amazing we did watch a little bit of a documentary that and explained the sets, the sets, the sets are, are unreal gorgeous, but they explained that like the makeup that they did for this movie was really a big deal for the time because the monster makeup and the reason we all now think that like frankenstein is like blue or green right mm -hmm. it's is because they made his skin that blue color so they could light with blue light and make him look that white make him look and brighter, everyone else yeah. had like red makeup on basically to make them look alive interesting which i thought was so fucking cool i don't know i just thought that was really neat but then yeah the way that he and there's this i can't remember the term but there's a term for it that's very like like stage lighting mm. where the foreground and the person you're supposed to be looking at is very brightly lit against a very stark like a dark background and so you get those moments like even in that like when he's praying then it goes up and the only thing that's like white light is like jesus on the cross the cinematographer john muskell insane is he had a really keen the way he set everything up and framed everything it's really well done yeah and apparently Meskel was like a, 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 like a serious like seriously alcoholic like he had okay. to go get his ass picked up so he's actually doing all this shit like sloshed off his fucking mind and the guy who plays dr frankenstein colin clive he literally would drink himself to death like two years later yeah this was one of his last this was his last movie or one of his last movies yeah he didn't really he wasn't on screen much after this because he he, he had his dead. extreme yeah. alcohol alcoholism and all these guys are like british staged actors the vast majority of people mm -hmm. and like they're rolling their r's like crazy <laughs> yeah. beautifully dramatic the cruelest savage exhibition of nature at her worst without and we three we elegant three within. The beginning bit where it's like Mary Shelley and Laura. So we didn't talk about that, but that's what's so interesting about this movie too is it's not in the book. And they actually even say in the movie that this is not part of the book. Right. And she, you know, it's Mary Shelley is sitting in just a, a mansion, like a mansion with, with Lord Byron and, and Shelley. Percy Bysshe Shelley. Thank you. You know, they're kind of Lord Byron's talking about her story and it does this cool thing where it like, kind of flashbacks to the previous movie right, and, and shows like bits of what happened before. So honestly, if you never saw Frankenstein, you didn't need to. 
they, they tell you enough. Like, they tell you enough to set up this story that you could just come into this fresh, which I thought was interesting. Well, they set up, like, this story is being told to Lord Byron and Percy Bysshe Shelley. Yes, but I'm saying before Mary that, Shelley. he tells the story of Frankenstein. Yeah. Like, quickly. And then, and then yeah, she's like, well, that's not where it ends. You know, and, and, and it's a stormy night. And, and like, he's like, ooh, tell. you want to tell us? And she's like, yeah, I tell, I'll tell you. I'm kind of in the mood. And so then it launches into this story. And I don't know. I just, I love that setup. Also, love that it didn't go back to that at the end. Because I was worried they were going to button they were, it. They were, uh, James, the scene got cut. There was like apparently an epilogue. And I heard um, it, and I heard it got cut. I know some scenes with Mary Shelley got cut because it showed too much of her boobs. Like her dress was yeah, she's just her like decolletage as they say. There was the a lot of weird code stuff that they took out. We, so much. We watched uh, on our Universal Monsters DVD yeah collection the extras. It had like a '90s documentary about this. Uh-huh. Who fucking did it? Hellraiser. I'm blanking on Clive his name. Barker. Clark, Clive Barker looking like a road manager <laughs> for in sync or some shit he just had that gold look. jewelry he had that look yeah it, the only thing that was missing was him dying at bleach blonde yeah. but he just had that anyway they talked about a scene where there's a scene where in the movie bride of frankenstein Fra- uh, frankenstein pushes over angrily like a statue of a like statue. a bishop to get into that tomb and, to yeah. get into the tomb and that part makes it look like a commentary against organized religion and in the documentary, they were talking about how it was written that there was a scene where um, Frankenstein was going to approach a life-size crucifix that of was Christ. In, that was in the background yeah. of that statue scene. And apparently it was written that Frankenstein would go up to that life-size statue of Christ crucified and try to get him down. And the codes were like, no, no, no. And then they're like, okay, we'll just have him angrily push over the statue of a bishop. Which means he doesn't and, give a fuck about it. And the yeah. code, because the first one was like showing him compassion for this being who um, who other people like came and attacked and took his life and went after. Just Didn't like people were going after him. him. But no, you, you can't have that. But imagine if that scene was in there. This movie's already very well regarded. That would have been one of the greatest scenes in the history of cinema. Having a Frankenstein, just a confused Frankenstein, try to rescue a statue of Christ from the cross. Yeah. But the codes were like, no. Being persecuted like him. That's way too compelling. Even though he was also resurrected. And it it wasn't like sacrilegious at all. Mm -mm. But the codes were like, no. But that scene where you angrily push over the statue of a well, of that's a, what they put in of a fucking bishop. Yeah, that's cool. Also, the one that looks like you're angry at all of religion. That seems fine. Also, when Pretorius and Doctor Frankenstein are talking about making this woman, and he's still trying to convince Frankenstein to do it, he talks about how you know, like they could be gods. Like we were talking, about, like they they could bring life, and he he makes reference to the Bible talking about all these stories that you've heard in this in the bible well originally the line he was going to say fairy tales like he was basically comparing the bible to fairy tales yeah but they made them not say that because they thought it was bad to to compare the bible to a fairy tale so they just straight up say like the bible's ridiculous basically yeah yeah and that's worse he's the he uses the worst bible stories but he says it with like this dripping disdain. Yeah. That's kind of an interesting thing with the Code Era Hollywood mm-hmm. is that 
in a way, when you see a great movie from that time, it's in spite of all of this pressure yeah. against it. Yeah. So sometimes you get these boundaries, but of course these are rules where people are reacting to the way they think people will see things. So the rules are just like stupid and make yeah. no sense and are often replaced by something that contradicts what they claim they're going to be against, like what we just talked about. The Christ thing would have been so profound and beautiful. They just didn't see it that way. And it's like, you guys are kind of stupid. Yeah. You know? But Totally. And I mean, James Will had a lot of demands, but he, like every other director at the time, were under the the guides of these codes. But, but and, he was really smart about the way he answered to them. Sometimes the boundaries can help create like an interesting creative product sometimes when you yeah when you see where you're at it makes you think about things different and maybe you do something in a way that you wouldn't even expect sometimes if you have all the freedom in the world like you yeah. do get a little lost in yourself a little confused for sure i also know there's stories i can't think of the movie right now but i know there's been films made where they'll push it farther than they really want to so that the thing that's really bad will get cut and they'll keep the thing that they yes, really yes. want. And I think that's fucking brilliant. The like game the goddamn that, system, yeah, yeah. you know, like but but yeah, it's I I love that his answer to both of their critiques actually was worse yeah, than yeah. what they wanted him to cut out. Yeah. They cut out compassion. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and added uh, a slight on organized religion. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Henry agrees to work with Septimus because they kidnap with Frankenstein they kidnap Elizabeth his fiance on the night they're leaving for their honeymoon who's played by Valerie Hobson who was apparently who 17, 17 years old in this movie insane she looked like she was maybe in like her early 23 24 yeah. which would have made sense when she puts on that little outfit where she thinks they're gonna go go off to a different mm -hmm. castle right before she gets abducted yeah like that outfit she looks like she's in her 30s or something she's, yeah she's giving like like she's very Lauren pretty, or but she is like, yeah, she was 17 in this movie, Insane. but Valerie Hobson would apparently, uh, eventually divorce her first husband and marry a member of British parliament hmm. who was under a sex scandal. Apparently he was, uh, not loyal to his marriage and he was in a sex scandal How and, you she, on Valerie and she publicly stood by him. Right. So I think she just got snootier when she got older, you know? becoming more of a high society i'll give the british credit for at least being open about their classism as opposed to true us who pretend like it's you know, not there i guess we don't know what their relationship was like maybe she was even okay with him fucking around maybe she didn't want to fuck him maybe she just wanted the life yeah the power you never know the, the, yeah yeah you never fucking and know on, and and honestly if you're kind of if you make that known that that's what you want out of that I don't honestly think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think there is either, but that's also not something that you would necessarily speak to. Sure. Like, she's not going to come out and say, I knew he was fucking those girls. I didn't care. Yeah. But she's not going to say that. She's just going to say, I'm going to stand by my husband. So Elizabeth gets taken to a cave. <laughs> and uh, there's this one point where they bring up the invention of an electric communication device. Yeah. To have Elizabeth talk to Henry because Henry won't do it yeah. until he hears that Elizabeth that is she's there. Alive, yeah. But they they through this miraculous device they do it, mm -hmm. and uh, of course Henry Frankenstein they go for it, and Henry kind of gets into doing he all gets, this so, again. So to me, like even you describing him in the book, like that feels very manic. 
Mm. right like the like i've done it i've done it and then oh god i shouldn't have done it like he's that in this because he's like i can't do this i can't do this but then when like the heart starts beating he gets this like crazy look in his eyes which was actually pretty amazing and like the the flip the switch that flipped yeah and you know and so this heart so the brain and the heart pretorius have created this heart is not strong enough. Mm. And so this is the part where Igor gets to shine in this movie where... I forget what his name is, but... It's he, not Igor, yeah, but yeah. it's the same guy. The same actor, yeah. Which I think is hilarious, and I love that. They were just like, I don't care, he's going to look different. He literally goes not. and kills the lady. He goes and kills the lady, because basically he goes... Frankenstein says, it needs to be a fresh heart from someone who's just died a young woman. I mean, that's like really difficult. At right? the accident hospital. At the ask, he goes to the accident hospital. <laughs> that's a special hospital for accidents. Yeah, for accidents only. And so he does, he goes out and he kills someone. He brings it back and he's got blood all over him. And he's like, yeah. it's very fresh. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, what did you do? And then truly. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. And Pretorius <laughs> is like. He got it from the accident hospital. Yeah, like yeah. Like he said he did. Come on. Well, this heart's good. Pretorius don't give a fuck. He's like, yeah, this is the fucking accident So hospital. this is when they, yeah, so this is when they, they're like, let's do it. Let's put the brain in. The brain's ready to go. The heart's ready to go. And then they bring down this, like, what was it called? They called it the cosmic diffuser. The cosmic diffuser, like, comes down. Yeah. It's insane. This, like, thing comes down. They, they hook everything up. The other helper guys go up on the roof, who apparently, like, they're, like, ex-cons. Yeah, yeah. Pretorius is, like, paying them a lot of money to help him, but they're also, like, we'd rather go back to jail. It's really bizarre. Yeah, they have um, second thoughts. Uh, constantly. Yeah. Well, not so much the Igor guy, but the other guy. Right, who right. ends up, Frankenstein throws him off the Why roof. does Frankenstein go up there and throw people off the top there okay, while they're is- lightening up the body? Um. Why does Frank do that? He just suddenly appears on the top, and he's like, he chucks Igor, too, and his homie off the fucking tower. Yeah, because he's mad, but... Maybe it's all the lightning. He's just scared. Maybe it's the lightning. Maybe he's... Because he wants her. Yeah. Because he's telling Frankenstein, like, you have to work. You cannot sleep. You must must work. Don't stop. Like, make the woman. And so, so yeah, I don't I don't remember how he gets up there, but he does get up there, and he gets mad, and he's throwing shit around. But, yeah, they take her up there. The lightning happens. There's kites. There's all this shit. They bring her back down. Her hands move. She's alive. Alive! And he does that, and that's the one I know. Like, that image of him yelling that she's alive is the one I know. And apparently, like, they, they have Elsa Lanchester, like, bound up. Yeah. And she was like a, the mummy. She apparently could not move. Like, she was bound like that. We saw an image of her drinking tea in, like, a chaise lounge. Yeah. Because her legs were just, like... And there was, like, a, like a, a body double who was trussed up and couldn't handle. Like, it was too, oh, like, wow. claustrophobic. Like, she was in that getup for a while, and it was... Tight. It really squeezed her form. I mean, she looked good. And then they unravel, and she's wearing like this white. She still has the bandages on her arm. Yeah, yeah. So they don't let you actually see any of her skin except neck up and her hand. And she was actually inspired by. Uh, I, I had read on some trivia. She was inspired by the some swans at some park in London. She talked about this because in that documentary because they hiss. Yeah, because so so if you watch her and they showed this again in the documentary, like the way she's moving is very bird like, like she's like. And yeah, when they get mad, 
They hiss when they feel threatened. She's only in this movie for five minutes, but she makes quite an impression. And yeah, so so Frank is immediately... This is what's crazy, too, though. Because he doesn't have any social skills. Why would he? Yeah. So he immediately is like, Mine! And she screams. She sees him and she's like, no. And that's kind of a part of the retroactively seeing this as a very gay-centric movie is that they make this woman to be the bride of this monster. She sees this man who is essentially like her but um opposite like her adam she's eve and she's and like she says no she's like nah i'm good she's lilith yeah she's it's like nah the assumption that just because she's a woman she's gonna want that man gay or not and her name is literally insane they only call her bride of frankenstein and okay. she's like nah she's like uh-uh now, I'm not. Now, I heard that they're going to remake Bride of Frankenstein with Scarlett Johansson. No, I don't, they I, don't. I don't know if it's still going, but apparently it's going to be like like all that stuff will be at the beginning and it'll move on. That's not going to be as subversive as like this was, you know? No, not at Th- all. It was almost like a revelation that she was actually like... Because when you see other pop culture that just inject... Like in Hotel Transylvania, Frankenstein's wife was... But but we never really talk about the fact that when they talk about Bride of Frankenstein, I was like, no, she actually rejected Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to be with Frankenstein. So that movie will expound upon that. It's not going to be different in the yeah. way it was different then. Yeah. Because there was so much about this, and maybe it's just looking back at it with modern eyes yeah. and sensibilities. But you kind of do see between the subtle undertones of this whole thing about how gay it is and a woman rejecting the man that she was literally designed for. Like, that's a powerful thing. That's what's interesting to me is it happens so quickly that she rejects him and then he immediately is like, she doesn't want me. Yeah. She doesn't want me. She's never going to want me. And then he says... Eli- Eli- well, Elizabeth shows up. Elizabeth shows up. She freed yeah. herself from the cave. Yeah, she, she got shows away. Up. She's trying to get Henry Frankenstein out. And yeah, Frankenstein's like, you go. Live. You live. We, and then he says to Pretorius, you stay. We deserve to be dead. Yeah. We belong dead. We deserve dead. We deserve dead. Something like that. Something. And then he presses a lever that destroys everything. Why make that lever? I don't know. But you pull the lever and it destroys everything. And that whole tower was Septimus, the bride. It like Frankenstein. It goes... And, you know, I get, I get, I guess, if someone wants to make a new... I understand the idea of someone being like, I love The Bride of Frankenstein. I want to make an homage. I want to posit that she gets out. You know what I mean? And then she goes and, like, becomes so much more than Frankenstein ever was. And and is an independent woman, whatever. And that that does go along with the idea of... Absolutely. The rooted idea of her. It's just not... It's just not something we need. Like, what what makes me so crazy about all these remakes? Like, we were literally looking at a list of remakes last night. The thing that makes me crazy with most every remake, I can't actually think of one that is better, mm-hmm. is that just, just put forward 
the old brilliant ones. Yeah. Like re-release Bride of Frankenstein. If they showed Bride of Frankenstein at our local no theater, one, no one would go see that. I mean, they have to no do it at art houses, right? Sure. I get that, but and it's just like, and you're likely to see it there. It could show up this Halloween. I'm saying we'll go the if they do. Sure. And I, I, I get but you know they're saying. not going to go see this movie. I know, but they would go see it if Scarlett Johansson was in it. And look, she'll look great. I'm hearing about kids that like won't watch a movie made before like 2000. Back when we were kids, it would be like you heard people be like, "I don't want to watch anything in a foreign language. Or I don't want to watch white. anything in black, watch and black and white." And white. I think now, I went through a phase like that for a hot second. Now kids aren't even. Now there's a lot of kids who are like refusing to watch anything before like 1995. Like 80s movies are being called old movies now, and so, I mean we're getting older. Yeah, but I think it with, just makes me sad. I think with, I'm just worried if they remake Bride of Frankenstein, it's just like you know it's hard to make a movie. It's hard to write a movie. Yeah. A Bride of Frankenstein movie is going to be an obviously girl power movie. And I think in some respects it should be. But what is the conflict with the bride? How does that pan out? What is faulty about the bride? Other, And I'm not talking about being dead and trying to figure out her world. What are things about her? Because Frankenstein is layered, mm -hmm. you know. He's like, he's like actually pure hearted, but he's also very dangerous when he gets freaked out. He's super so strong. What is the bride like? Is she going to accidentally drown a little girl, but also be like, want to be free from mm -hmm. the trappings of the men that are chasing her and want to kill her? Mm -hmm. You know, writing something that is like beat by beat, what you feel like is a moral representation is not the same thing as it being good. And it's not totally. the same thing as it being clever. And we're kind of criticizing a movie that hasn't been made. And I don't know, it may. Since that Tom Cruise mummy movie, they may have put a, and COVID, they may have put a stop to the uni dark universal, universal yeah. monster remakes. I don't know, but I'm just worried about it because yeah. there is something so crafty about it back then. Mm -hmm. And what are we going to get here? Just something just covered in CGI and stuff. Like, I don't know. I'm just skeptical is all I'm saying. I get that. I get that. But because I think this movie, this movie is better than its predecessor. This movie is so good. And this movie is, what I love about this movie is that it is, like with the Frankenstein and the blind man, it is sincere. It is subversive in terms of how the bride reacts and how Septimus is and like the little undertones of gayness because movies are gay. But and the abominations of those tiny little people. It's creepy and like and it's bonkers mm -hmm. in the best way. Like it is kind of a crazy ass movie, mm -hmm. but it's not like so off track. You can't appreciate what it is. You're not like reeling from like what the fuck is this? No, yeah, but and but even we haven't even talked about the bit characters in this that are like amazing, like Minnie. Oh yeah, their servant. She's who, and like is a fucking scene stealer. <laughs> Twenty percent of this movie is a comedy. Yeah, she's with many alone, making these faces and reactions, <laughs> and just the way that she does. Elizabeth is very good in her role. Yeah. I know you talked about how like much poise she had that we thought she was so much older, but there's also this moment where she's talking to Victor about how it's almost like she's having like premonitions mm. because she talks about when she's nursing him back to health that when he starts talking in his sleep she sees like shadows coming towards them and she kind of has this like 
freak out hysteric moment where she's like, it's there, it's there. And then she bursts out into laughter on his bed. Like yeah. it's this crazy the, kind of thing where like no one in this movie. That's very Victorian. Okay. <laughs> Premonition, the spirit. Oh uh, yeah. Stuff like that. Which but is it's cool. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because it's like, there's more to this world because that's the thing, right? Like that's why Frankenstein also is in the same world as like the mummy and Dracula mm. and all of those guys is because if you can make a man come back to life with like parts of other men, then like magic is possible. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, and doesn't he say that to Pretorius? He's like, this is not science. This is magic that you've done. Yeah. Or yeah. Wizardry. Wizardry. Yeah. You know? So then there's also the occult part of it you know, put up right next to the God part of it. Like, we're trying to be God. I guess Dracula's in this world, too. He's a universal That's monster. That's what I'm saying. Dracula the so mummy. there's demons and shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if y'all have, like, heard about Bride of Frankenstein, the old movie, don't worry about watching Frankenstein. It's a fine yeah. movie. Yeah, but don't don't worry about it. Just but watch like, this movie. Check this movie out. Like, seriously. I, yeah. If you always heard about it but never watched it, you might be surprised at how entertaining this is. We talk about this a lot, but this is another one that, like, I just want to have on. Yeah. It's a good background it's movie for so sure. It's so beautiful. I've truly been just looking at pictures of The Bride of Frankenstein since we watched this. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I just feel like everyone involved in this was, like, eccentric. Yeah. Well, you that's know? literally what they called you when you were gay. Well, he was uh, back in the back in the day. I know. So uh, we <laughs> we hunt movies. You're gonna give this one through five oh, score. Man. I'm gonna give yeah. it one through five. Combined for best out of ten, and that is the eternal judgment of the movie humpers. Go okay, ahead. okay, 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 okay. I am gonna go four point five. Ugh, I almost was gonna go higher. I don't know. I'm having debates in my brain between like four seven five and four five. I really think it's so good. But you what know, do you hump it? I give four point five. I actually think it is pretty solid there. Yeah. I think it is. This movie's a lot of fun. Yeah. 4.5. Yeah. So that is a nine. That I love is it. Top tier. of the A's. Uh, 9.25 is top. So well, let's see it's here. near the top. Um, It is uh just under a nine. It's, would you say it's better than my own private Idaho? I honestly would say yeah. Yes. But not as good as Tangerine or <laughs> Out of the Past. Dude, if I gave it a 4.75, would it go between those? I think if you gave it another it. 0.25, it would go... I love Tangerine, but I think this should be above Tangerine. So I'm going to give it a 4.75. You know what? No waffling. Just give it as high as I want, like you said. I know it's not that important. And, like, we can change anything we've ever done in the past. Well, I did change the right... We got it. Let me show it. Bride of Frankenstein bum, ba, da, is our number two A-tier movie between Out of the Past and Tangerine. Love it. So, yeah. That is uh, some good shit, eh? Yeah, check it out. Check, check out Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, it's so good. It's gay. Uh, and if you saying Bride of Frankenstein is gay may make people not watch it, then don't say that. They won't even see it. If they're, like, that ignorant of, like, that culture, it would pass them right on by. So, like... True. It's just a good movie. All right. But James Well, that dude was gay. And Septimus, Dr. Septimus, that dude was very gay and unapologetically bad. He was a baddie. He it. was a bad bitch. Hell yeah, he was. He was a one of one of those baddies they call him. <laughs> but uh check the show notes for links and other places to find us. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors. Mm -hmm.